0: Welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Phil Harvey. In California on Monday, June 3rd, Apple announced updates to its Mac, iPhone, and Apple Watch operating systems, and it introduced a new OS just for iPads. The company also rolled out some big and really expensive Mac Pro desktop hardware and a massive display built for people who probably make movies for a living or have similar uh, visual and supercomputing needs. But uh, what happened for telcos and cable operators and what sorts of things should they be keeping an eye on? And joining me to sort all that out is my colleague, Jeff Baumgartner. Hi, Jeff.
1: Hey, Phil. How you doing?
0: Doing well. And uh, so you and I both watched the uh, Apple keynote. We weren't lucky enough to be in the audience uh, applauding at every uh, pause of it, every, the end of every sentence. <laughs>
1: it did seem that way, didn't it? Yeah.
0: Those yeah. things are really turning into uh, a, um, a, a tele-evangelist type of uh, thing.
1: Yeah, that's a good description. Yeah, I would totally agree. You know,
0: when, when they stay... They start applauding uh, lines like, uh, you know, when they say something like uh, just every little measurement, you know, stat that they throw out, you know, it's like it's 6K, which I don't even know what 6K means. I'm sure I can't see the difference, but oh, man, they just went went bananas. Well, it's it's, uh, it's game stuff.
1: changing stuff. Every little move they do, apparently.
0: Yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> well, and I mean, you know, backing away from the hype of all that, I mean, just to sort of set the table for the discussion. Obviously we have to care about Apple because as service providers are concerned, you know, they're a major, major, uh, you know, not just an entry point to their network, but possibly a competitor depending on what they're doing. So, uh, the last count, uh, was that Apple had 1.4 billion active devices in the world. Mm. Um, so that's a massive network of people. And, uh, you know assuming most of those are on the cloud in the last six months or the six months period that ended um, March 30th the company had done uh, twenty two point three billion hmm. in services and so that would include iCloud so it is definitely um, a massive global service provider any way that you measure the company um, interestingly you know like I said this is this was really more about uh, you know it, it's the worldwide developers conference so it's more about um, things that developers are going to sink their teeth into and sort of build out um, apps and services using Apple hardware and new Apple operating systems. But what did you hear that maybe, uh, you know, cable operators or telcos should, uh, should should keep an eye on?
1: Yeah, like since it was for developers, there wasn't a ton kind of in that area. But yeah, a couple things, one with Apple TV and some stuff that they were doing with, uh, with HomeKit that kind of, I guess caught my attention and uh, you know, the one thing that maybe had some interest to us, you know, in our audience had to do with uh, you know, some new things that Apple introduced with respect to uh, the home network and, and kind of like with IOT security and, and uh, privacy, you know, privacy seemed to be something that they focused on uh, a little bit today. And uh, you know, the, the one, a couple of things stood out there. I mean, they had HomeKit secure video they called it and had to do with home security cameras and you know the the idea is the initial analysis of video that's captured on your home security camera you know it's going to be resident on your iPad or home pods or the Apple TV and and uh, you know and and kind of handle that analysis before kind of an encrypted version of it is of those clips are sent to your iCloud where I guess no one but you including Uh, Apple, you know, can can see it. So it's just, just for you. And even Apple can't see it. And then, yeah. And then the other thing, you know, had some interest was um, this idea of the HomeKit enabled routers and they kind of referred to it as a way to automatically firewall off each of your accessories. And I'm assuming that meant, you know, different devices that are hanging off your, your home network. And, and some of the initial partners were like Linksys, Cineero, which is part of Amazon now. And and they said that cable uh, operators applied routers were going to get involved, too. I think Charter was the the one that they referenced at the event. Uh, so it kind of reminds me of some other efforts going on. Um, like Cable Labs has this similar thing called Micronets. That's kind of a project underway that would kind of throw your IoT device into uh, uh, like a... Uh, a penalty box, you know, that that might be compromised or being hacked. And, you know, Comcast announced uh, something kind of like that in January called Xfinity X5 Security. Uh, It's kind of subscription-based. But, you know, when you kind of put that together, it kind of plays up, I guess, the importance of, you know, security and privacy in the home network. And, you know, service providers are focusing on that, and so are the CE guys like Apple.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, the privacy thing, you're right. That was a big deal. Um, Tim Cook, uh, and, and, and there was a, a lot of applause lines around privacy, but mm-hmm. um, Apple seems to be really trying to, uh, you know, let's be honest, it's the market laggard in most of the things that it produces. But what it tries to do is kind of clean up and improve and optimize all the things that the people who got there first, you know, usually Amazon or Google. Um, have maybe done a little bit too quickly or a little bit sloppy. Um, right. the, the home security example is a great one that you gave. The, they really did play on the fact that um, a lot of IoT devices that that use video and and you know uh, attempt to do some sort of home security will process the video in the cloud. So so like the example that they gave was so that it could tell the difference between like a leaf blowing by or someone, you know, or a person breaking into your house or something like that. You know, it, it has that basic level of motion sensing to turn on the camera, but it has to send it to the cloud for actual processing and to apply some analytics to it. And they're saying, Hey, that actually, you know, puts you in danger of, you know, violating your privacy in a big way. Yeah. And we're going to do all. we're going to do that, make, make the device do that work locally and then send encrypted versions. I thought that was an interesting differentiator. So they really are, I think working hard to, um, become a, uh, a trusted provider of, uh, IOT related services and you know to be honest I think that's something that HomeKit kind of needed because before I don't really understand why any developer would write anything for HomeKit they just didn't really seem to have um the device uh breadth and reach that Amazon and some of the other companies have had
1: Right yeah definitely not nearly as much and and yeah it seemed like they kind of you know, kind of in the absence of that, we're going to kind of play up the yeah the security and the peace of mind, yeah, aspect. You know, of uh, mm. IoT and and uh, you know securing your smart home. Yeah, it seems like that's the you know like hey, if we're going to hang our hat on something right now, let's do it on that and and because uh, you know I'm sure there's a lot of consumers out there that um, you know they they read the headlines and they get concerned. You know of hey, what's listening to yeah. me? What what information? What data? Is is secure? What's not? You know, is my uh, smart lock safe? You know, like uh, there's a lot yeah. of you know, is it safe from hackers? I mean, there's a lot of uh, concerns you know that, that consumers might have now that they haven't before. Yeah.
0: yeah, exactly, and and it's so interesting that they're they're pushing you know, not just in um, router security for the home, but also that sort of, uh, you know, how they handle information, not just from the devices, but even inside uh, the operating system. There were a number of different sort of small little changes that they did to sort of allow people to do things like um, send, uh, uh, what do you call it? Sending a, a, It was like an anonymous email address or a, a, a almost like a burner email address that would forward back to your real email address when you didn't want to give your email away to, uh, certain mm-hmm. applications. Um, so, you know, just making provisions in their, uh, thing to give consumers ultimate protection, uh, really put Apple in this sort of, they put themselves up on this pedestal of like, Hey, we, we make great devices and we re- and services. And we really, really, really care about privacy. Now, in my opinion, That really does kick open the door for service providers and cable operators to come into this space too. Um, Let's take a quick break and we'll talk about that when we come right back. We are back. It's a light reading podcast. I'm Phil Harvey. I'm here with Jeff Baumgartner. Hey, Jeff.
1: Hey Phil, glad to be back. Uh,
0: here. <laughs> so we are talking about Apple's Worldwide Developer Conference and all the stuff that happened. And as Apple set itself up to be sort of this uh, company that concern that you know is really acting on consumer concerns about privacy and consumers sort of losing control of video in their home and you know uh, information that they share with applications and things like that. Um, it reminds me that service providers already have this trusted relationship with consumers. You know, they've had billing relationships with them and they've been kind of their, you know, broadband utility and telephone provider and pay TV provider for years and years. Um, what are some of the things that I guess, you know, you mentioned cable labs, but, but, you know, the indus- the cable industry especially is doing to set cable operators up to be exactly what Apple's trying to be, you know, that that trusted, secure provider of services into the home.
1: Right. Yeah. I think it kind of depends on on the operator on kind of how far downstream down they are with it. Um, but uh, yeah, uh-huh. I think after, you know, kind of starting off as, you know, being that broadband connection into the home, you've kind of seen uh, cable operators and then some other ISPs try to get more ownership of the the home network, you know, now that everything is connected by Wi-Fi for the most part in the home and, uh, you know, also trying to create a new revenue stream out of that. Right. So, so kind of providing, yeah, yeah, not just the, uh, the modem, but, you know, the, the different access points and the mesh systems and uh, they kind of manage the whole, the entire home network. And, you know, we've seen, Comcast trying to take it to another level with uh, its XFi product, um, yeah, and then uh, uh, Charter, you know, is working on something as well. You know, where they're going to kind of have a uh, uh, kind of a smart home product that goes well beyond just the uh, the broadband connection. And, and we talked a little bit about my, you know, Cable Labs and you know, kind of their mm. focus on kind of this new framework for IoT security so uh and some other a lot of other cable operators are kind of focusing on these areas, but mostly around you know whole home wi-fi and and uh you know keeping yeah. kind of uh, the, the customer from going to retail to, to get some of these products and going to the cable operator.
0: Yeah, that's the interesting thing. There's two there's two sort of uh I guess lanes that they're that they're looking at. Like one is of course, you know, IoT and home security sort of putting that in one bucket. And then the second thing that's kind of very closely related is just that whole I don't know what what you call it, but that that device management problem that all mm-hmm. homes seem to have and that kind of fall, falls in with home Wi-Fi because if you can provide, you know, really good home Wi-Fi, then you automatically can also provide, um, one would think, you know, a secure way to sort of, uh, uh, not just monitor what devices, what your devices are doing, but also, uh, you know, maybe put them into groups and give them different kinds of permissions and things of that sort, really doing kind of the, uh, very basic level of network management. Um, it's really interesting that they're, you know, keen on this space, uh, because they, they sort of missed that first round. I think a lot of companies did in the service provider space. A lot of broadband providers did because, um, companies like Arrow spelled E-E-R-O in, in case I'm pronouncing it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, yep. yeah, they, those guys, uh, you know, Amazon bought them, but a lot of, uh, a lot of routers of that, uh, home mesh network type came out around the same time. And every single one of them had their own way to sort of manage the home uh, kind of become your home operating system. You know, they would tell you how well your connection was doing and what kind of devices had joined your network. And some of them even offered add on security services. Um, And every time I opened my little arrow app on my thing, I was like, man, AT&T has got to be so jealous of this. (laughs) Like this is, they are doing so much over the AT&T connection that you know, that the, that the company that actually provides the connection just never got around to doing, I guess.
1: Yeah. I think part of it too is, um, you know, at least from like my vantage point is, you know, once you you can kind of look out into the future and go, well, okay, we're still getting, gaining broadband customers, but the rate of growth is going to slow down. So, uh, we have to start looking at other areas to kind of, uh, continue to grow that business and uh you know one area is yeah smart home smart home security iot uh you know and 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 i guess at the same time if you can get somebody to you know a a consumer to go to your system and suddenly all your iot devices are all hooked into this service provider ecosystem uh, i mean it makes it just maybe that more difficult excuse me to uh you know, look at another provider, you know, it's kind of that, that stickiness
0: thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Uh, The, the, the more you can kind of lock people in, in that in in a way that they, you know, want to be locked in. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. It does help uh, help them secure revenue and, and kind of keep it in place. Um, And I think that's what, you know, that's what Apple's up to as well. I mean, that's what's so interesting about all this stuff is that every single service that, runs on HomeKit um, is is either going to touch an Apple device or is going to take data and move it into the Apple iCloud. So it's like somehow they're, they're going to have it associated. Every bit of software that Apple writes is going to be associated with locking you in as a customer and keeping you in that ecosystem. And man, to the extent that consumers trust Apple and say, hey, these guys have never screwed me over with my data. That's going to be a Um, Not just a good thing for Apple, but it's going to be a a great little um, stick that they can use to beat on Amazon and Facebook and Google because they've all had problems. Uh, You know, like I said, they've all been more innovative in different ways than Apple, especially in the services space. But they've also kind of, uh, uh, you know, really let consumers down with Mm. the way they handle data. Sometimes service providers don't tend to do that as often. Um, They've been they've been. You know, by and large, pretty trustworthy. But let's get back to uh, Worldwide Developers Conference. Um, Was there anything else that stood out, or any other observations from the day?
1: Yeah, I think the the only other thing I I really saw come up kind of on our radar is uh, maybe kind of it was a small update to TVOS, Um, Mm -hmm. um, multi-user support. You know, so each person in the home gets their own personalized experience with video and, and they're also applying that to uh, music uh, and then you can see the lyrics of songs that kind of sync up with the music you're listening to and yeah i guess it's a nice feature that uh some pay tv platforms yeah. already do but um i'm sure it'll help um i'm not or i'm actually not sure it's going to help apple tv gain much ground on you know roku and amazon's fire tv platforms but uh you know that was the one the one feature that uh, they put out there today. And then they a small update on Apple TV plus the subscription service that they're going to launch. I think this fall, um, a trailer for uh, Ron Moore's for all mankind and looks like, uh, an alternate alternative version of the space race, <laughs> you know, which the Soviet union is oh, okay. first to put somebody on the moon. Yeah. yeah and that, that, I guess, well, I kind of like what Moore did with, um, uh, Battlestar Galactica and Star Trek to a degree. So I guess it's intriguing yeah. um, for when this comes out. But uh, then the question is, you know, what do I, do I add another SVOD service or something else drop out, you know, so you have to kind of work through all that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a budget issue. It, yeah. it, it always comes down to a budget issue. It's like, what, what service do I have to give up so mm-hmm. I can keep uh, adding on things to watch? Right. Um I I also, I kind of credit Netflix with being one of the first companies to, um, really do profiles the right way. You know, like, like the sign on screen at Netflix always asks who's watching. Mm -hmm. And I think it, I think it was the first time I remember seeing that in my home where it was like, Hey, we're going to treat, you know, we understand that The TV is a shared device, so so we're going to treat it like that and make sure that people log in and you know that way it shows you the right preferences and that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, that was a huge addition for me too because you know my kids were using it and you know having Caillou showing up in my uh, (laughs) you know what you should watch or you know things that were recommended for me didn't really uh, match up.
0: I know it's like uh, having to having to strike that balance between my son's uh, let's see what was it? Blues Clues back when he was a kiddo and then yeah. my uh, you know cop death shows or whatever yeah it was kind of a yeah
1: kind of a strange spectrum of uh, content you know to, to kind of how do I recommend this guy wants everything under the sun yeah
0: yeah right this guy he just watches anything what a crazy person oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's very very strange stuff. All right, well, I think we've we on you know for our readers anyway. I think we've we've covered the the WWDC as as as, as well as we could have without uh, uh, making it uh, too uh, um, without without breaking into applause too many times. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's our show. The podcast is mixed and edited by Tian Fu, senior producer in our New York based Light Reading video team. You can reach us by emailing editors at lightreading.com or follow Light Reading on Twitter. We're uh, light underscore reading. For the articles and research discussed in the show, visit lightreading.com and search podcast. We put all of our show notes there. The podcast is available on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and who knows where else. Please do leave us a review on iTunes. It definitely helps. And we will be back very soon with another episode of the Light Reading Podcast. You there with the headphones. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.